You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, powered by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera, Interstate Batteries has you covered. Visit your local Interstate Battery store today or online at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. All right, guys, welcome to the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. This is episode number 29, and I'm your host, Parker McDonald. Today I'm talking with my good friend and no stranger to the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast, Mr. Greg Godfrey, and we are recapping the recent weekend we had at Saddlepalooza in the South Georgia swamps, chasing hogs and showing off our saddle gear. You guys stay tuned. Enjoy the show. guys welcome to the southern ground hunting podcast as i said before it is episode number 29 and uh man i am so freaking sick right now like i can't even hardly function i'm on all kinds of medication and drugs and tylenol and mucinex and all kinds of crap i uh i don't know what happened man i just got sick on the way home from south georgia earlier this week and um man i am like i feel like i could just fall over and die right now but hopefully that doesn't happen um we struggled through this podcast and when i say we i mean me um i recorded it earlier today and i was just as sick as i am right now and i was trying to be happy and trying to keep a smile on my face so hopefully you guys cannot tell that i'm sick however i am pretty stopped up so i sound a little bit different um, but we had an awesome weekend. Me and Tyler went down to South Georgia and hung out with a bunch of cool people for Saddlepalooza. Um, if you're not a saddle hunter, then there's a good chance you don't know what Saddlepalooza is. It's basically just a big giant get together of all the saddle hunters, uh, really everywhere. I think Greg said there was 18 states represented there, um, and you're going to get to hear about those in this episode. Some of the cool stories and some of the people that that came. Um, I was able to kill a hog. That was pretty cool. We got a video dropping tonight. So if you're listening to this, it's probably already out. It'll be on the Sportsman's Nation YouTube channel. So check that out. But before we get into this episode, I want to just give a brief shout out to our partners at Tethered, who you're going to hear about a lot in this episode, at Onyx, at New Breed and at go wild now a couple of things have changed with new breed so you used to be able to go and buy a new breed bow and use the code that we gave you for free shipping now the same code which is all lowercase and all one word southern ground use that code and you'll save 50 bucks off of your purchase so that's pretty cool and lastly go wild um is pretty neat this was my first hog to ever kill on public land and so um, I've uploaded hogs onto the trophies and stuff before but it actually gave me more points for this hog because I killed it on public land which is pretty neat so if you got some trophy pictures that you're really wanting to show off go and check out go wild Um, there's gonna be a lot of people that will enjoy the stuff that you have go Wild is just an application on your smartphone on your device and you can just check out all the cool outdoor content that people are putting around putting out all over the world really Um, there's all kinds of different species of game that is on there you can check out recipes you can check out 
some cool videos, some hunting pictures, just a bunch of cool stuff. So think of everything you like about Facebook and deer hunting and take out the crap that you don't like and that is go wild. Um, so make sure you go and check that out. I think you will enjoy it. So without further ado, let's get into this episode. I'm going to keep sipping on tea and taking drugs. Not the bad kind of drugs, but the kind of drugs that will make me feel better than I feel right now. So you guys enjoy this episode with Greg Godfrey for the Saddlepalooza 2019 recap. I'm on the line with Mr. Greg Godfrey. How's it going, Greg? It's going fantastic. It's always a good day to talk to the folks from Southern Ground. Well, today it's just folk. Folk from Southern Ground. Singular. The <laughs> Singular. Folk. The folk of Southern Ground. So, uh, I actually, this podcast is just going to be about Saddlepalooza and kind of recapping how it went. But, dude, I just want to say in front of everybody how freaking awesome of a job you did of getting that thing organized. Um, man, putting me on a pig. <laughs> how about that? <laughs> uh, man, it was just, it was a really good time. Good. Well, that's the point. I mean, I, uh, I kind of make the same jokes every year. So this is the third <laughs> year. I'm like one of those comedians that never changes his material. If you find something that works. So, but this is the third year that we did it. And you know, I always make the joke that I'm, I'm, I'm a camp host, but I never said I was a good camp host, but it sounds like everybody had a good time. So maybe, um, a, a better camp host than I thought I was, but yeah, I mean, when you have the kind of food that we have, it's pretty easy for the rest of the event to go well because when you're fat and happy i mean everything else just seems like you know ex extra work dude that was insane food like i texted my wife at some point and i was like we're eating like kings here like we're i, I haven't had a shower in four days but i'm eating <laughs> like a dang king exactly exactly so if you you take care of a man's belly then nothing else matters no nothing else and now i do want to go ahead and say that there were showers there um but i just it was it was crazy because i felt like i was going to miss something if i left to go take a shower i felt like i was going to miss something in camp and i just wanted to stay there the whole time and talk to people and hang out and by the end of it i was like crap i haven't even taken a shower this weekend. <laughs> uh, it's okay. You're allowed to be a filth monster. What happens at Saddlepalooza stays at Saddlepalooza. Exactly. Other than what's going to be said to the world here. So. <laughs> yeah, true. Well, we won't we won't pass on any of the secrets that you, you know, like the secret handshakes and all that stuff that you learn yeah. only at Saddlepalooza. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, um, so Greg, how how long ago did you start like planning Saddlepalooza and getting all that stuff organized? Well, it started three years ago. This was the third event. The first year we hosted it, um, or I hosted it, it was there was about ten dudes, including me and my brother, that came up from Florida. Um, there was about ten of us, and we got together at Fort Stewart, Georgia. They have about uh, I, I can't remember the numbers, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say about three hundred thousand acres of public land that is literally infested with pigs. And so I put together this hunt. And, um, you know, it's not, you don't have to pay to go to the hunt. There's no hunting, there's no guide fees or anything like that. You have to pay, but the money is just goes towards your campground fees and the food and a shirt and stuff like that. Um, so it's, it's a, it's a nonprofit hunt. And the point was just to really get saddle hunters together 
so they could, you know, meet each other and have a fun time. But yeah, we started it three. This was the third year, so started it two years ago, and we had ten people the first hunt. We had like thirty people the second hunt, and then this year we had somewhere between sixty and seventy hunters show up. Um, and I had a, bl- I've had a blast every year, but it seems like every single year it gets better and better because the more people that come the more personalities you get, the more people you meet. I mean, I was doing the math today and we had people from 18 States show up. Uh, the furthest came from, from Minnesota, the twin cities. And that's a long drive. It's like 22 hour drive. Holy cow. And that was that, who was that? Was that Ernie? Yeah, that was Ernie. They did drive. That's crazy. Yeah. Ernie and Jared, um, they came from, from Minnesota and, Sean, who lives in Wisconsin, not that far from the guys in Minnesota, so they kind of carpooled down together. It was the three of them. They made the 22-hour drive for a long weekend hunt, really a four-day hunt. They they left Wednesday night, and they showed up. Um, they showed up Thursday morning, and then hunted Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and they drove home Monday morning. So man, yeah, I mean. And a lot of guys did that. We had guys from New York. We had Sean who flew in. That's a cool story. I gotta, I gotta yeah, tell, tell that, that story. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so, so my buddy Sean, or guy that I met there, Sean, he shows up from New York. He lives in New York City. He flies down to the event. It's such a cool story. So he's hunting in Connecticut on public land, and he runs into. He's got his lone wolf sticks. He's telling the story down at Saddlepalooza, and he he's got his lone wolf on, uh, tree stand on his back, his sticks, uh, everything on his on his pack. And he said he's just sweating up a storm. He gave up on the hunt because he was so frustrated. He was hot and sweaty, and he's walking out, and he bumps into a guy walking into the same piece of public with a saddle on. And it just so happens that that guy is scott hamilton who is red squirrel the owner he started the saddlehunter.com forum yeah and and so sean is is in connecticut and he's like hey man you know what are you doing he's saying this to scott he's like what are you doing you going into scout and scott goes no i'm going into hunt and sean's like where's your tree stand and scott says well i'm wearing it and that's the first time he was ever introduced to a saddle and so scott (laughs) stops what he's doing and he introduces Sean to saddle hunting and this was just a few months ago and Sean decides he's going to come down to saddle palooza and learn even more but that's just where the story begins so old boy flies to savannah georgia he the rental agency screws him they he had made a reservation <laughs> for the for a rental car they don't have it so he calls an uber the Uber takes him to Walmart because he flew down from New York with zero supplies, nothing, just the, <laughs> the clothes on his back. He goes to Walmart. He buys a tent, an air mattress, a pump, a sleeping bag, everything that he needs to, to camp for the week. He buys it all at Walmart with an Uber driver. The Uber driver takes him to the campground. I help him set up his tent. He'd never set it up before. It was from Walmart. And he, he hunted all week uh, at Saddlepalooza. Then he returned all of that stuff to Walmart, <laughs> and they took it back, and he flew back to New York. So Sean is my new hero for also, ultralight. Also what Sean did is he captured probably the best pig kill of the weekend on camera. He went out yeah, with, that's right. uh, with Grant and Jared, uh, the Hunt Appalachia guys, and filmed for them and got like the best footage I've I mean, it was, I don't know how you get much better than that on a hog hunt. It's like a headshot, 
right close up to it. You can see it. It's perfect. So uh, he made quite the impression on people. I think he's a he's a cool dude. I really uh, I really like that guy. Yeah, I'm a fan of Sean. It's just too bad that he had to hunt with those weirdos from West Virginia. Those yeah, that's hillbilly. True. What is it? Appalachia on the hunt or trail something. I can't even remember Grant's and Jared's channel. It's so bad, but no, I'm kidding. It's uh, the hunt Appalachia channel. They're, they're good dudes. They were there and, uh, I'm glad, I'm glad he was filming for them. Cause you're right, man. That's awesome footage. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Speaking of footage, dude. So I just finished our, uh, saddle Palooza edit for, uh, for the YouTube channel. Um, already just now yeah like right before i got on the phone with you i've been sick like as soon as i got home i got super dang sick uh somebody somebody posted on my instagram and said i probably got the swine flu um <laughs> from from all those pigs we were slaying but yeah. um i've been home and i've just been like kind of working on church stuff and then doing uh editing back and forth and so i ended up finish it just a little bit ago and man it, Every time I think about it, I just like get more excited and more excited for next year. I think it's going to be a really good time. Um, but the, the crazy thing I was thinking about, Greg, was that uh, there were, well, there were technically four kit pigs that were killed. Um, technically four. Uh, Gre- uh, what's his name? Ted's doesn't exactly. I don't know. I don't know if I count it. Um it's pretty cool. This guy Ted Ted Bright. If you're a saddle hunter, you've probably seen him on the on the forum or on the Facebook page or something like that. But the first day, he just like went out and caught a piglet, and then was it Sean that actually killed it? Ended up killing the the pig. I think it was a group effort. I think yeah. Sean had a part to do with it, and and then he I think he sustained an injury in yeah. the in the tussle <laughs> with the little piglet, and then I think. Ted ended up putting it out of of its misery, but yeah, that was the first pig killed, and that was on day one. That was Thursday, of, yeah. right when we first got there. Yeah, and so uh, that was the only one that wasn't on film. We got ours on film the next day. Then the day after that, Grant shot his, and that was the one we were just talking about. And then Catman shot his the last day, and I think all three of those pigs were like the three people there that were actually filming which is a, which is a pretty cool deal. Um, I think, I think that we probably have the worst footage of everybody. (laughs) If I had to guess, Catman said his was sleeping when he shot it. So (laughs) he could pretty much do whatever he wanted. It kind of looked like Jared, the one, not Jared, but the one that Grant shot was maybe sleeping. It's hard to tell in the footage, but the pig is, is looking at the camera when he gets shot. So, You can't can't really tell if he's sleeping or if he's looking at the hunters, but he might have been sleeping. Yeah, that's uh. So I mean, if you really want to just go ahead and say it, like ours was the only like for real for real kill. I mean, we stocked up on not really. Um, <laughs> they definitely just crossed the road and we got out and started <laughs> walking towards them. Um, but it was a dang good time. I mean, the hunting is kind of second to the fellowship that you get with all the cool guys around the campfire and at dinner. Um, but man, like I was super bummed the week before because it said it was supposed to rain all weekend. Like it's, it was supposed to be just crappy weather and it actually turned out to be pretty nice. Like it was pretty, it was pretty perfect. It really wasn't that bad. I mean, 
I would have liked it to be a little cooler. I think we would have gotten more pig movement if it was a little cooler. The first day, so it would have been Friday morning, it was in the mid-40s um, or high-40s. It was like 48, 49 that morning. And I think if we had had that weather kind of continue, I think we would have seen more pig movement. But the rest of the week it went up to – it was like 70s during the day, seven mid-70s, maybe, yeah. maybe low 70s. So it wasn't hot per se but it definitely wasn't great cool weather that you think of of as being good hunting weather but yeah i mean we didn't get rained on a whole lot so that's always a plus yeah yeah it was awesome um a little bit of rain uh mostly most of the rain that i that i remember was like at nighttime so we weren't even really out everybody was in their tents uh tyler (laughs) his tent has a leaking problem. And so I would wake up occasionally in the night. Actually, I think that's why I got sick. I would wake up occasionally in the night and off the zipper, there was a zipper hanging off the tent and that water would just like drip right on my face all night long. And of course I'd go to sleep and try to get, get away from it. I'd roll around and end up right back where I started and get water. I'd just be (laughs) dripping and my stuff was soaked. But, uh, man, like I would, I would take that kind of stuff, like those kind of little situations over, like just to go out and enjoy it like that, like that kind of stuff is just so small. I'll I'll be sick and be happy about it. You know what I mean? Like, because I got to spend the weekend doing some really fun crap. Well, you should have come, uh, come into our tent, man. We had plenty of room in there. (laughs) Y'all weren't in a tent, Greg. (laughs) That was not a tent. That was a bunker. That was like a, that was a, a, a cabin. I don't was. know what you call that thing, but it was ginormous. It was easily – well, I can't say it was the biggest tent because I'm in the military and we have some ridiculous tents. But that was the biggest civilian hunting tent I've ever seen in my life. Ernie Ernie Power, who, uh, who bought the tent and drove it all the way down from Minnesota and set it up with him and Sean and a few other guys. Uh, Jared helped him set it up and um, – so I think three or four guys it took to set that thing up, but it was a monstrosity of a tent. That was, yeah. I mean, so we got there, me and Tyler left on Thursday, which was Valentine's day. I just want to throw mm-hmm. out on the suggestion board, um, for next year that maybe we don't start it on Valentine's day. <laughs> um, but that was, uh, you know, I don't know what your relationship is like with your wife, Greg, but, um, I like to keep mine pretty good. <laughs> and I yeah. think there was a lot of pissed off wives of saddle hunters, uh, if I had to imagine. Well, it's definitely not ideal. But let me <laughs> let me explain myself real quick. So the reason we did it then is uh, in the in the army, anytime there is a, a, a federal holiday, then the army does a four day weekend, which is pretty darn cool. So Monday yeah which was, I don't know, like the 18th or something like eight. I think it was the 18th of February. So that is President's Day. So the Army had that Monday off. All federal employees had that Monday off. But the Army then goes ahead and tacks on the previous Friday. But And the reason why that's important is since we're hunting the federal installation and there's no training going on theoretically because the Army has this four-day weekend, they open up all that training area to hunting. Now, it didn't really work out in our favor that much as there wasn't a ton of land open. Um, 
I guess there was still a lot of units that were out training, but that's why it's planned that weekend is because it's a four day weekend for the army and it gives hunters, you know, maximum ability to hunt the most amount of land. And it just so happened to fall on, on Valentine's day this year, which (laughs) agreed wasn't, wasn't a fantastic (laughs) choice, but Hey, I mean, I'll do even one better. So I was in a field training exercise the whole week prior to Saddlepalooza. So I spent three or four nights in the in the woods sleeping in an army tent. I went home on Wednesday night for a few hours, caught a few hours of sleep on Wednesday night, then went to work on Thursday morning, which was Valentine's Day, <laughs> and I didn't come home until Monday. So I'm... <laughs> definitely in the doghouse yeah yeah and then you come home and you have to record a podcast with southern ground so yeah you're welcome (laughs) Uh, (laughs) no so so greg like um i heard some some rumblings not i I wouldn't say i I heard some talk about a possible like second saddle palooza like maybe a northern Sadapalooza or Midwestern thing that might be in the works. Is that something that, that you guys are thinking about doing? For sure. Um, I don't know that that it will absolutely happen next year, but I should have a little bit more free time next year to plan these events, and they are so much freaking fun for me. Like, I love it. So I'm thinking I'm going to add another one, maybe maybe to coincide with turkey season, like maybe next May, some somewhere in the Midwest um, or a little, little bit further north. So we'll we'll do Saddle Palooza in in Georgia again for sure, and it'll probably be about that same time frame that President's Day weekend, just because, like I said before, it works good for hunting land. Um, but then I'm thinking maybe in early May. We roll somewhere, maybe I don't know, Kentucky, West Virginia, somewhere more centrally located, where people don't have to drive quite as far, and we can do the same type of event, you know, over a long weekend and and centered around turkey hunting. But again, like you said a minute ago, Parker, I mean, the the hunting really is secondary. It's cool to go out and go hunting, and it'd be great to go out and get a turkey. But if you're going just for the hunt, you're you're really missing out on what I consider to be the more fun part, which is hanging out with everyone and sitting around the campfire at night and staying up late and telling a bunch of lies about the big deer you killed this past season. That's the fun part. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, we were going to actually go the last, I guess it would have been the last evening. So Sunday evening we were planning on going out, you know, I killed that hog, the hog that I killed, I killed like within 10 minutes of being there. And it was like really fast, really early in the trip. So like well, that's me, just because you're a superior hunter, you know. Exactly. You didn't need much time. Exactly. You know, um, there was there was an elite elite few of us that we that that actually went out and actually cared about killing pigs. Um, and and I say all this knowing that if I hadn't have killed a pig early, I would have the the hunting would not have been secondary. I would have missed all of that crap that we were talking about because I love being out in the woods and I would have been out there trying to get it done. Um, but we were actually planning on going uh, that that evening on Sunday evening. But man, we got set around the table and people were starting to go. You guys, you finally got a chance to go that evening. And um, you asked me if you could use the new canoe. And I said no, because we were going to go. Then we just like, you know what? Let's just hang out because it's just so much more fun hanging around 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 the tables and stuff. And uh, we actually got to talking with uh, with Grant and Jared 
and uh, John Reed, the guy who who made the the JX three. Um, we got to hanging around around there and talking to those guys, and man, it was just probably right up there with the highlights of my trip. You know, just learning more about people that you've talked to on the internet for so long, and uh, and that that was just a good time. But speaking of that, so so you're a saddle uh, designer. Uh, you, you, you work in the saddle industry, in the hunting industry with the, with tethered. Um, this was my first time to get to see the JX three in person. So as a critical thinker, okay, which is what you are, what do you think about that JX three? The JX three is super cool. I mean, it's the JX three hybrid for, so I'll give you a little bit of history if you'll if you'll let me, if you'll indulge me yes, in a quick little saddle hunting story. So there, for many years, there was a fella named Butch, um, and he had a product called the Guido's Web, and it was a super comfortable, uh, a little bit more. I don't want to say the, the word bulky because it, it that's what it was designed to be. It wasn't designed to be an ultra light, ultra minimalist, you know, super sleek hunting, elevated hunting tool, like some of the other ones that are available. It was designed to maximize comfort, um, be super user friendly and just give you the most comfortable way to hunt from an elevated position. So that was the Guido's web. And then last year, he ended up selling that company, Butch retired and he, he sold, he sold his uh, he sold his business to a guy by the name of John Reed in South Carolina, and John Reed took it. He took the web and he he totally rethought everything about it, and in my opinion, made it a lot a lot more. He put a lot more features into it. He thought of everything, and it is a really cool piece of kit. You know, if 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 you're looking for an ultra light, ultra sleek, ultra minimalist way to hunt, well then that's not probably for you. But if you're one of these guys that, you know, maybe you're not hunting very far from the road or maybe you are just really concerned with being able to sit all day long and from daylight to dark and not ever have the first comfort issue, well the the web is definitely or the excuse me, the the hybrid from JX3 is definitely a pretty cool product and and that's not to say that it can't work for people that are walking a long way i mean the way he designed it with that molly backpack frame and it's still kind of i mean it's not ultralight but it only weighs eight pounds so you're talking the same same type of weight as a ultralight hang on i mean that's less than what the uh, a lone wolf stand goes for yeah. so you can still be lighter with the jx3 hybrid you're not going to be as light as some of the really minimalist options but then you also get extra features like added comfort and whatnot. So I'm a fan of the hybrid. Plus, you know, more than that, I'm just a fan of of John, and I'm a fan of of saddle hunters getting more and more options. You know, for so many years there there was nothing. You had to DIY your own stuff. You had to find stuff on Craigslist and eBay, and and then hack it together. Now with companies, you know, Tethered and, and JX3, saddle hunters are finally getting a few options. So I think it's awesome, and I can't wait for John to start mass producing those things to get them in people's hands. Heck yeah! So I don't know, I don't know if you saw this, but Tyler came home with one, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I'm a little jealous. <laughs> yeah, he uh, uh, 
everybody's like, John left his John left his JX3 here, and Tyler's like, nope, much mine. I'm tucking I'm it I'm pretty home. impressed with Tyler. I don't know how he how he finagled that deal, but that was pretty slick. Listen, yeah, I'll tell you exactly how he finagled it. We were sitting around. John, John and Tyler have been bullcrapping all day, like you said, telling lies about big deer that they've seen and killed. And uh, I think I think Tyler put a few beers in John and and tricked him into it. <laughs> mm, now nah, the truth comes out. <laughs> Not really. And John actually told me that he is a listener of the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast, which is pretty cool. And uh, so I'm sure he'll hear that. No, he uh, he Tyler. Tyler just Tyler is Tyler. I can't I can't describe it. Um you got to spend some time with him. He is when you first meet Tyler, he is like the most country redneck person you've ever met in your life. And you're like, there's no way that this guy this guy is a he's just a country bumpkin. <laughs> and and he's not. Like the dude is as legit as they get. Like he is for real. And, uh, and he got to, when he talks to people, he just makes a good impression. It's, it's so funny to me. Every time I'd see that thing sitting there on the way home, I'd be like, I don't know how you got that thing. I don't know how he just left, left you with that. He's like, listen, man, I'm just, I'm I'm just good. He just knows. He knows something good when he sees it. (laughs) Well, he's better than me and you, Parker, because neither of us left with one. That's true. That's true, man. Um, and, and, and you know, that, the thing about the it's it's exactly what you said. That JX three is so cool. And every time I think about it, I'm like, man, that's that's a pretty cool deal. Like the attention to detail that John paid when designing that, like the whale tail coming out like from the center of the seat. So if you haven't seen this and you're listening to this right now, um, if you haven't seen the JX three, look it up. You'll know what I'm talking about. But there's a thing he calls the whale tail, and it's like a fork almost that sticks into the tree. Um, between your legs to keep you straight so you don't have to wear knee pads or something like that. Um, that and then like the color coordinated straps so you don't get twisted. Um, that that frame, the plastic frame, I, like just the bow holder, there's so much detail and I don't even think I saw all of it. But man, that thing is sweet. Um, it's so sweet that even Jared, <laughs> Jared said on Saddle Hunter, Jared Schaefer, he was like, I think I'll be having one of those. So. Yeah, the cool part to me about it is it, it's kind of like what we did with Tethered a little bit because cause John has been hunting out of one of those Guido's webs for years, like years and years and years and years and years. So he knew that thing inside and out, kind of like the designers of, of some of the Tethered products. Like we had been hunting out of saddles for years and years and years and years and years, and we knew exactly what we wanted. We knew exactly what would be the most efficient way for saddle hunters, you know, the, the, the product for saddle hunters. And that's what's cool about the JX3 Hybrid is that John, after years of use, he figured it out, and then he took that and he made the perfect saddle for his style of hunting. And that's something that we always talk about with saddle hunting. Like you, you're not locked into one style of hunting or or one product. You you can mix and match, and you can figure out what works best for your your style. So if you want the ultimate, you know, like super light, super sleek, super fast, super minimalist, well, okay, you can get that with like a tethered product. But if if you're not interested in that, which is fine. But you still see all the benefits of saddle hunting, you know, like hide behind a tree, 
uh, you're tethered in the entire time. So you have a lineman belt built into your system. So as you climb, you're connected to the tree. So the, all those same benefits still come with the JX3 hybrid. It's just a, it's just a different approach, you know, as opposed to right. being super light, it's more focused on comfort, which, which is great. And that's what I like about, about John and what he did with the hybrid is that it, he just put all of the expertise that he developed over years and years of use into it. And the, the beneficiary of all that hard work are saddle hunters or, you know, are hunters in general and they get to use that product. So I'm, I'm a big fan just like you. I think it's super cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I, I was just like blown away. So the, obviously we talked about a lot about the JX three, but I was just blown away, man, at the, at the demo day that we did. So we had the second day, I think it was Saturday. We had a, uh, I think it was like four hours of a time slot, about four hours for guys to just set up their systems, their what what they were using, different DIY things that they had done, and um, just kind of had a demo day. And man, I was blown away at some of the stuff that I saw guys doing, like just the absolute like ingenuity of these guys. Like this isn't just your regular group of deer hunters. These guys are geniuses like a lot of them are on like the genius scale um <laughs> I, I i couldn't believe it you know i like out of all the things like the one thing that i that i realized that i need to be doing is not using sticks so mm. there was so many people that that had alternate climbing methods and i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to figure out which one i want to do but sticks was the first thing for me that's like, yeah, I need to just cut that out of my whole system because there's a lot of different options. But dude, like one guy was ma made a, a freaking camera base out of a wild edge step. Like, yeah, that was crazy. I and mean, it was a yeah. good idea. It's a great idea. And he and I'm with you, man. If if the food is the number one thing about saddle palooza you know well that's probably not true if the camaraderie and all the campfire talk is number one and the foods maybe number two i think that the the saddle demo is easily right there with the food i mean people people drove in from different states to spend four hours at some random campground in georgia just so they could experience all these things and it's because there's no other place on planet earth where you have so many tinkerers and and DIYers coming together with all these ideas and sharing them openly and freely and helping other people. It's such a cool event. And that's my favorite thing to do is to walk around and see all these cool ideas like you talked about. There was a dude there, uh, Nick, uh, he goes by Nutter Buster on the forum, who had like a one-pound climbing method with carbon fiber bolts and a drill it was like it's like 1.5 pounds yeah and you can get to 24 feet and it'll fit in your pocket i mean that's insane you don't see that anywhere else in the hunting community and i, I think that's why saddle hunting uh once people discover it they get sucked in because they realize that all these guys are just they live you know eat and breathe it and it's really really cool yeah that uh nutter buster system is it's legit. Like I was watching his video. I didn't get to see him completely demo it, but he has like these, like a freaking magnet in his, in his backpack strap that like holds the, the pieces of the gear. So he doesn't get in his way. Like it's insane. The amount of, 
And he's just one guy. Like he's just one of the people that was there that was demo and stuff that was just like, like I said, on the genius scale. So, man, I can't, I, I, I don't think that I can narrow it down to one thing for me that really stuck out. Like every time I'd go to a different tree, there was something new. And, uh, it, I, I, if I had to say one thing, like my sticks was the first thing that's going to go. The second thing is that freaking camera base. Like yeah, that fourth arrow base, fourth arrow makes a killer product for what's out on the market. But man, if I'm really wanting to lighten up my whole system and that doesn't really have anything to do with saddle hunting. Um, but there was some, Jared had a pretty cool, pretty cool deal. I made out of like, was it like aluminum, like an aluminum setup? That was pretty sweet. So yeah, I'm going to be looking at doing something like that. Um, I'm also going to be getting rid of my sticks, like I said. And I, th- dude, I think next year, next season, just from going and spending, like I wasn't even that into the demo de- demo day like everybody else was. There was stuff I didn't even see. Um, but man, it just affected probably my whole season as far as what I'm going to be taking in and out. Mm. Um, so so it was it was a lot of fun, but. Um, if you had to, Greg, pick one thing, so you're a guy who is in the saddle hunting community as much as anybody. Um, if you had to pick one thing that was at that demo day that really, really stuck out to you, what, what would you pick? Mm, man, that's tough. Um, well, I had kind of seen pretty much all of it. Um, I'm like you said, I pretty much eat, sleep and breathe this stuff. So, uh, I had pretty much seen all of it, but the thing that really stuck out to me was probably the only thing I hadn't seen in in person was that carbon fiber bolt system. I mean, that is pretty slick when you think about it, it, that system got, you can get to about 25 feet for just over a pound. So if you took that and you paired that with a Mantis saddle, which is a pound. Now you're at two pounds, and now you get to throw in some ropes and some safety stuff to make sure you know you don't fall out of the tree. You got another couple of pounds there. You're talking well under five pounds. <laughs> and not to mention everything would fit in a tiny little fanny pack. Yeah. And you can hunt any tree in the woods at pretty much any height you can get to <laughs> i mean it doesn't matter if the tree has limbs it doesn't matter if it's wonky and bends it any tree any tree that is in the right place to kill a big giant buck you could do for less than five pounds and you think about that for a minute that's a big deal like that's a really big deal yeah so that's probably the thing that stuck out to me the most um and like I said, I've been putting this event on for three years, and that's one of the coolest things that I've seen. That's one of the most innovative things that I've seen. So guys have been climbing with a bolt system for years. That's That part is nothing new. But the, the addition of the carbon fiber rod replacing the grade 8 bolt – I mean I've got 60 or 70 stainless steel grade 8 bolts in my garage right now. So the bolt climbing method has literally been around for decades. Um, but the way that – that, that uh, people have come up with using carbon fiber and, like you said, a magnet and really thinking about the way that they pack it in to reduce that down to just over a pound, that's pretty slick. So I would probably say that. I mean, there's some really cool DIY stuff out there, too. So um, it's I agree with you, man. It's hard to narrow it down to just one thing. So did he did, – did Nick actually come up with that carbon bolt 
system? No. Like, was that him? There was a there's a fellow by the name of VT Bo. Okay. Uh, that's his that's his forum name uh, on saddlehunter.com. He's the guy that kind of found those carbon fiber rods. Um, and then obviously they have nothing at all to do with the hunting industry. It's just some company that sells this this uh, three eight inch carbon fiber rod and saddle hunters latched onto it and we're like, hey, I bet we can lighten up our load. Let's use them thing. What we did, you know, and then so we figured out a way to get them cut to the right length. But, but yeah, Nutterbuster kind of gets some of the credit because he's he is he made some videos on YouTube and stuff showing it. So if you wanna if you wanna see what we're talking about, you can just search uh, like Nutterbuster or carbon fiber bolts climbing on YouTube, and I'm sure you'll end up on his channel. But you can see where he walks through it. But yeah, man. Um, it, it, like everything, it's always a it's always a group effort. I mean, none of these things are developed on an island. You think about the nader and the suader, which are some climbing methods that the guys are using now. None of that stuff was really designed by any one person. It's kind of like, you know, this this joker comes up with an idea for using it, and then somebody else grabs onto it and changes it a little bit, and it turns into a new thing, and then you know after a month there's four or five guys that have added in some new ideas and now it's a, you know it, it took on a life of its own so um it's hard to credit any one person with any design but yeah man it's uh it's a it's a fun fun time for sure to get out there and see all these guys putting this stuff together yeah and when you get them all together like that like so you're talking about a bunch of guys who are pretty weird people um, just in general, <laughs> just the saddle hunter group is, is a pretty weird crew. Um, and, and mostly like, like, I think, I think you're kind of a, you're kind of a, a little bit different, but a lot of these guys you can tell are very introverted when they're not around their people. Um, and, and probably a lot of them are just in their group of friends. They're the weird guy that thinks about weird crap all the time. But when you get all of these minds around the same campfire, it's like absolute gold, right? Like there was so many laughs, so many jabs, dude. Like I can't, I like, I was jabbing at people. I didn't even know. Like I've never even talked to in real life before. Whoa. Well, sorry Greg, about that. Greg, you sound different. <laughs> yeah. My insane dogs are barking at the door. I don't even know who's here. So speaking of your dogs, Greg, um, I learned that you have a dog that you named after me. Is that true? Yeah, he's uh, he's pretty awesome, just like you, Parker. <laughs> so we're sitting around the camp around uh, dinner. I can't remember what we had that night. It was all good, so it doesn't matter. Um, but I just start hearing people yelling, Parker. Come here, come here, Parker, 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 Parker. And I see these dogs running around and I finally hear Jared's son yell at the dog saying Parker. And I was like, why in the world would somebody name a dog Parker? So this is your opportunity, Greg, to explain why, where did the name Parker come from for your dog? Uh, I can't totally remember. Why we named him Parker. I think it has something to do with we got him near a city in Colorado, Parker, Colorado. Been there? I think we might have named him after Parker. So I wanted to name him Peyton after Peyton Manning because I'm a, I'm a big Broncos fan and, <laughs> and I'm, I'm a big Peyton Manning fan. So that was 
that was a few years ago when he was playing for the for the Broncos. But I lost uh, to my wife, and Parker won. So that's where the name came from. But uh, yeah, I think so. We've we've Parker's been around since 2012. We got him in Christ, uh, Christmas of 2012, um, and he's easily the greatest dog that's ever been born. Well, you know, greatness comes with that name. So. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> All right, man. Well, we are getting up close to about 45 minutes. So um, close us out. Tell us what, if you can, okay, just tease us with some inside Southern ground tethered information because everybody's dying mm. to know something new about tether. Well, there will be some some new things launched this year. Um, we're actually still figuring out exactly what that might be. Uh, we grew so fast that um, we had a lot of plans to do a lot of things, but what we've kind of decided um, really after Saddlepalooza, we took the time to kind of talk this through as a as a company while we were all there, and we kind of decided we're going to slow down a little bit and focus on getting our supply chain figured out and getting our logistics figured out so we can not run into big giant delays like we did last year um we just we just weren't ready last year we expected to sell a couple hundred of of these things in the year and we sold more than that you know the first month so um we're really going to focus on making sure that doesn't happen again this year and that if somebody wants uh to transition to a saddle and it's october well they can hunt with it that you know that season so we're really going to focus on that so um, that's our main effort is just getting enough product on the shelves so we don't have so guys don't have to wait a long time but there are some new things in the pipeline we've got three or four different things that are going to drop this year um, going to drop in June for sure that's when we'll launch everything and uh, we're pretty excited about it and also uh, I guess I'll use this as a shameless plug to promote the tent the ten. I don't know if you've seen that, Parker, but we're doing this thing where um, we're honoring um, kind of like the best 10 saddle bucks. And, I, and the best is kind of hard to find because it's to define because it's not really about antler size or, you know, Pope and Young score or anything like that. It's really what we've done is we've had have users submit their their bucks that they were they were killed out of a saddle. It doesn't even have to be a tethered product. It can be any saddle DIY, something you've had for 20 years. doesn't matter. Just it's just saddle hunters. And. So we're going to we're going to name those soon. We're going to open that up for voting soon. And then, you know, sat the saddle hunting community is going to pick that those winners. And we're going to honor those the 10, you know, quote unquote, best saddle bucks of the year. Um, so that's coming around soon. And lots of cool stuff happening, man. You're going to see some some um, some joint projects with a lot of a lot of hunters that are doing some really cool things in the industry and some like the hunting public they're they're working with us and john eberhart and taylor chamberlain the urban bow hunter and a lot of folks like that so we got a lot of cool stuff coming up i'm pretty excited for for what 2019 has in store that's awesome man so i really do have to know you know i did submit a, a photo to the tin and, uh, yes, and I want to know how many people have submitted so I can kind of know how many people I have to uh, how, how many people I have to kill so that they are disqualified. Oh, it's a bunch. At the latest count, I think it was somewhere close to 50. Oh, I got it. Um, 
I, I um, can kill. But, I can kill. I can kill 40, 40 people before then. So we're okay. good. Yeah. So more, most likely, what we're gonna do is is we're gonna have our pro staff vote on the like the top, probably either twenty or twenty five, and then um, to kind of narrow it down. And and like I said, this is not about Pope and Young score. I mean, sure, if you've got some giant buck that is just beautiful, well, that's going to play a big part. You know, that's pretty cool. Everybody likes to see big, giant bucks. Right. But if you've got a really cool story, kind of like your buck, how you, it was public land, on a kayak, way back in, in the thick stuff, it, it was a hard-earned public land buck. That matters. So we're going to have our pro staff vote on all that stuff and kind of select the top 20 or 25 and then – Hopefully, either this week or next, we're going to publish all those on the Tethered website and on social media and have, have folks vote on them. So just because, you, you know, not not your buck in particular, but just because a buck might score only 100 inches, like I said, there could be a really cool story behind it. You know, maybe it was a kid's first buck or, you know, maybe a veteran that was dealing with his demons and he found an escape in the whitetail woods and that helped him, you know, um, attain some measure of health that's awesome and that's the kind of stuff that we're looking for so those are the types of things that we're going to put forward and and offer up as quote unquote the best saddle bucks of the year so it's perfect you know be looking out for that man and um hey it's not my call so it's going to be on the pro staff parker if uh if your buck makes it or not it's not not my call i've got a little bit of money and i know a couple of those guys so we'll uh we'll see what we can do that's a good plan. <laughs> well, man, Greg, I appreciate you coming on again. I had an absolute blast at Saddlepalooza this year. It was my first one, and it was a blast. Uh, I know a bunch of guys would probably say the exact same thing. So thank you to you and the other guys who helped you put it on. We really enjoyed it. Um, and then again, thanks for coming on Southern Ground. I think we're going on, what, like three or four times now, right? Yeah, man, it's exciting. And if I can add one more thing about the Saddle Palooza thing, yeah. um, I think it's I think it's important to 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 say that this is not a tethered thing. This is not about any brand. This is not about it's not about selling products. It's not about you know advertising for any hunting organization. It's the purpose of Saddle Palooza is to invite folks there that are either in the community or they want to learn more about it. So. It's not somebody making a bunch of money off this thing. That's not what it's about at all. And if I have any say, it will never be about that. Um, it won't be about pushing forward any one brand or anything like that. It's it's, it's uh, totally in a general sense there to just promote saddle hunting. Um, so I, I think it's important to put that out, man. Fantastic. Well, Greg, thank you so much for coming on. And, uh, and I, I bet... I bet our listeners are going to hear from you again in the near future. So, I, I'm not, I hope so. I love coming on Southern Ground. I'm not going to uh, end this as if it's the last time anybody's going to hear from you. So, we will talk to you next time, buddy. All right. Per podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode. If you have not been to Saddle Palooza at all, I really highly recommend. First off, that you get in the tree saddle. Um, Obviously, I will recommend Tethered to you because I think it's the most um, versatile, comfortable, and um, man, you just get set up so quickly with Tethered as a first-time saddle hunter. So check them out at tetherednation.com. Thanks, Greg, for coming on the show. 
make plans to attend the next Saddlepalooza, which is in 2020. I think you would enjoy it. Even if you're not a saddle hunter yet, come and enjoy the fellowship that we have with some really cool people. Um, so, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy that episode. As always, thanks to our partners at Onyx, at Tethered, at New Breed Archery, and at Go Wild. Check all those companies out. I think you'll like what they have. Um, yeah, that's it. God gave us dominion over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and the beasts of the earth. So remember to go out and exercise that dominion. We'll talk to you next time.